Hi, everyone. You are listening to episode number 28 of the Elysium Project podcast, Intuitive Eating with Malcolm Saunders. I'm your host, Brian Johnson. If you enjoy listening to the Elysium Project podcast, the number one thing you can do to help this movement grow is share our content with your family and friends. It's free to do so. We are also on Patreon and can be found by heading to www.elysiumproject.tv and clicking the big Patreon button at the bottom of the page. For as little as $3 per month, you can help support this project and we will mail out a personalized gratitude package right to your doorstep. Today I'm speaking with Malcolm Saunders on the subject of intuitive eating. Malcolm is the owner and founder of The Light Cellar in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. His mission with The Light Cellar is to inspire, nurture, and enlighten the human experience using their service, products, and education to raise the collective consciousness. To recognize and respect the sentience and intelligence inherent in all life, especially honoring that which we choose to consume as food. Malcolm Saunders, welcome to the show. Hey, right on. Thanks a lot, Brian. Yeah, it has been, this has been a podcast that has been several years in the making. I met you a few years ago when you uh, hosted the David Wolf event at the Light Cellar in Calgary. How have you been? Yeah, doing, doing awesome. It's, it's been a journey with, with the store. It's nothing that I ever uh, originally envisioned doing was opening up a store. Uh, I just wanted to help people, you know, find and learn how to craft their own food and medicine. And what started off in my basement, probably about 12, 13 years ago, uh, having people over, you know, showing them how to make chocolate, do fermentation, that kind of thing. I was bringing in foods for myself. And then they're like, well, where to get this stuff? And I was like, well, I guess I got a little extra here. <laughs> some. And uh, yeah, it just, it just kind of grew from there. But we're still at that heart at the core is helping people find and learn how to craft their own food and medicine. It's, it's unbelievable the time we live in. And I, that's, I was exactly in that same place myself where I had no idea, right, about what to eat, how to feed myself. It was literally Literally anything that was quick, easy, and tasted good, that was my uh, yeah. <laughs> guiding principles with food. Uh, so it, it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. What was it that originally inspired that taking that step from, from eating just what looks and, and tastes good to wanting to investigate more of these superfoods and elixirs and herbal Oh, totally. Okay. Well, it, it came, you know, like a lot of us, you start to question your health when things go downhill. Mm-hmm. And it was from a decision I'd made where, you know, literally overnight, I went from eating meat, potatoes and junk food to just potatoes and junk food. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one, the first step. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was inspired by the whole, you know, I was 16 at the time and I was inspired by this idea of, of, you know, being vegetarian, help save the world. And uh, that, that led me down a rabbit hole of, of then trying to figure out how to be healthy uh, on, on that diet and, you know, got into whole foods, starting to make things from scratch. Uh, you know, my extent of my culinary abilities at that time is where I knew how to make pop tarts and grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, I think a very similar journey for many of us that we were just born into this society that um, is very unconscious about many things, diet being one of those. And so we simply don't know any better until 
we maybe run into some some health problems or just start to question what we're why we do what we do and that was a very similar journey to myself and a lot of people so i can very much resonate with that yeah yeah and, and the journey's not over right in that sense but what i do now I, I i don't i don't adhere to any particular diet no labels uh you know i follow my gut more than nutrition trends yeah um, yeah that's great i think that that is a really important um approach to nutrition to just listening to your your body your gut your heart um rather than kind of get stuck in a certain box yourself into whether it's like raw food or something not to not that you know that's a wonderful approach but having that ability to to be flexible and open and and really listen totally your your inner your inner self Brian, I know you're a musician and I'm sure people listening can, uh, can relate if I bring up this analogy because what I discovered through music, I actually apply in every single aspect of my life. So from, I went from music to then into nutrition and business and explored all these wow. different aspects of my life. And uh, the thread that I have found to be kind of the most true uh, guiding principle. And again, this anyone listening, I'm sure will resonate this. I, I, I love sharing kind of nutrition insights um, that, you know, on the surface are actually pretty obvious, but that's what it should be. You know, like mm, we don't, yeah. you shouldn't need a degree to figure out how to feed ourselves. Absolutely. So even though I have formally studied nutrition, um, you know, it, it really is, it's coming back to the basics. So I, I've developed a system, uh, a tool, should we call it call, I like to call intelligent eating. And, and if we just look at it, look at that, like intelligence, well, what is that? Well, there are actually, in fact, two different ways of knowing right? There's, there's using our, our rational uh, mind, our intellect, right? Through the paths, the avenues like science, but then there's also exactly what we were just talking about in terms of, you know, following our guts, using our hearts, you know, tuning into our intuitive knowing and our instinctual senses uh, as, as animals, literally uh, to be able to navigate that world. So it's, it's kind of a merger of the two and, and how that relates to music is, you know, for, for me, when I was growing up, you know, I started getting into playing the drums when I was like 12, 13, and it was completely by ear, right? It was just like trying to figure it out, like just play, you know, jam along with friends and do music and that kind of a thing. And uh, we just figured it out. And I had other friends uh, and even, even how my wife was raised, her approach to music was more from the intellectual side, right? Where she, you know, conservatory piano, grade eight, nine, all the way up through the levels can play incredible, uh, beautifully well on the piano from the paper, right? But when it comes to more that improvisational aspect, she didn't develop that as much. And I was the complete opposite. And so all through kind of, you know, grade school, junior high, high school, you know, jamming, playing in bands, I had teachers, but again, it was more from, you know, playing by ear, playing by feel. And then when I actually, after high school, because, you know, you know how it is in this culture, right? It's like, you're going to go to school, you're going to get good grades, you're going to get a good job. <laughs> and uh, so my parents had the education fund set aside for me. And they're like, okay, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I just want to live, eat and breathe music. So I guess I'll go study music. And so I, I took it to the college level and got a jazz music degree uh, wow. performance in, in drum set and percussion. And that was a whole other world where I had to like really like brush up on, on the theory and start to learn, you know, that, that intellectual 
side of music. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I tend to go through like pendulum swings where I'm like way over on one side and then I'm like, woof, I go to the other side. So as I delved into that kind of pure intellectualism of music, which I got so fascinated by, um, you know, I, and I wasn't alone. We actually had a facilitator, facilitator come in to teach us how to play just one note because we had gotten so lost, so caught up in our head that we, we, we disconnected from, from the heart in, in our just pure kind of intuitive instinctional uh, playing of music. So, you know, head and heart, right? Intellect and intuition. It's about merging those two. And that's why I love jazz actually is because to me, it's the representation of both, right? You have um, some of the most complex, you know, structures in music, you know, chord progressions, notes, like it's, it's very complicated. And yet, you know, here they are, they'll, they'll play what's called the head. That's the intro that sets the structure of the song. And then as soon as that's done, it's like, boom, it's into solos and it's into that pure improvisation, but it's done on a foundation of that structure. And to me, that's just the most, you know, beautiful expression of music at its highest form, its highest art, where, you know, they've, they've excelled, they've taken it, you know, uh, both to, to such levels, a, a mastery. And, and I think eating is the same, right? Like we can, we can study nutrition, we can get deep, deep into the science and know it so intellectually, but if we get lost, if we're walking down the grocery store and going, okay, I need quercetin, I need, you know, my mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like it gets too heady, we get lost. And, mm -hmm. and I had the same experience where it's like, you know, this nutrition mind, uh, where intellectually, like I, I knew what the perfect diet was, but yeah. on the physical level, my body's like, no, no, this ain't it. You're not there yet. Come back to your gut, come back to your heart. And, uh, it's, it's that merger of the two. Wow. That's so amazing. I, I did not know the music, the music side of things about you. I didn't know that you had a, a degree in music. That is really cool. And you're so you're so right about that. Not to, we're going to make this podcast half about music now, but <laughs> right um, it's so true because you, you, I, I've often had this same thought that with music, you can, you can play beautiful music without even knowing anything about theory. And there's some certain, like a, many amazing musicians who know nothing about music theory. Um, I think his name is Danny Elfman. He's the composer for a lot of those Tim Burton movies like Edward Scissorhands and so, and he makes beautiful music, doesn't know a thing about music theory. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's, it's so much, as you said, we can, we can know all, have all this knowledge, but sometimes the greatest, the greatest art and, and whatnot come just comes from the heart. And I, I very much agree with, or I love your comparison to nutrition because I've been the same way where I've researched nutrition and know, okay, I need this many milligrams of this and this much of this vitamin. And you're trying to, you know, you got the recommended daily allowances for all these nutrients and trying to get those in. And then, but at some point I sort of pulled back and is this really, um, you know, questioning is that, is that the approach that I should be taking or should I just kind of be listening to my body? Because obviously it's only been in the last hundred years or so that we've had a lot of these, these supplements or been able to take a multivitamin supplement. So for all of the rest of human history, we've simply been eating intuitively as you, as you say. Totally. Yeah. So let's dive into this little tool, the, the intelligent eating, which incorporates both of those aspects. So, and I like to say it'll, it'll help you figure out, um, what to eat, uh, 
And it becomes very individual. You can look at any diet, any food, and, and know if it's right for you within that full spectrum of, of the scope. So it's think of it as a, as a lens, right? Like a microscope or a telescope or whatever, you know, you want to imagine. But the idea, so it's an acronym and it's called a food scope. So the first uh, letter in that acronym is S of scope. So science, you know, we've just been talking about that. And, and science is incredible. And, and you very kind of pointedly pointed out that nutrition science especially is very new right and, and that's that's great that's wonderful it's exciting right the frontier of science but we also need to put it in perspective that a it's new and, and b it's it's very limited and it's limited in its scope so as wonderful as it is and, and as much as we can benefit from it and it'll help inform our daily decisions and choices uh, we do have to put it in perspective and, and what I love about this tool is that you actually have to use all the lenses so science is just one you know right. what's in a food or what's in a diet you know right down to the the micronutrients macronutrients and what what is the effect of uh, on our body and, and we can use that and on that kind of pendulum swing sometimes we end up like you know a little bit too science oriented um, but yeah, it's, it's just one, one of the lenses in, in the toolkit. So where its limitations are is, well, we don't know everything, right? So there's mm. still tons more for science to go dive into, right? How long have we actually known about vitamin C or, you know, truly what is vitamin D and what is its role and its function in the body? Like that field will continue forever mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, in that sense. And some of the limitations to it, you know, oftentimes we're inspired by maybe just the headlines. And, I, and I'm guilty of this too. Like how often do I actually ever rarely go back into, you know, the PubMed study and really into the details. Uh, oftentimes we, we get headlines, right? Whether it's magazines or, you know, articles or blogs. And, and sometimes there's a bit of depth there, but you know, who was this study, you know, done with? Was it actually human study? Was it, you know, double blind, placebo controlled, or was it an animal study? And, and, you know, there's, there's varying degrees within that, you know, how long was the study? Uh, who were the people that we were studying? What were the other factors? And this is one of the challenges with science uh, is, you know, isolating it down to just one variable, right? Yeah. right? It's, it's the best we can do and it, it's a great method, but we know that there's limitations there as well. And then too, um, let's say, you know, there's, there's very few long-term studies, right? They're typically short windows. Maybe it's, you know, a couple of weeks, couple of months, couple of years, but there's very, very, very few that are, you know, over a lifetime or generationally too. And we know absolutely nutrition and its effects extend generationally. So we need to kind of broaden our scope and, and eventually we'll get there. So it's, it's great. Science is wonderful, but let's put it into context. The next uh, letter in that acronym is, is C, which is culture. And I, I believe culture has more to teach us, actually, uh, especially if we get lost. And like, you know, there was a point in my journey, I'd been traveling in India, and I'd come back and I was like, really was not feeling well. And I was, you know, re up in my efforts to kind of figure it out. And I went to visit Dr. Terry Willard, a uh, local herbalist and uh, local legend, I'd, I'd call him anyways. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he sat me down. And he's like, he's like, Malcolm, if you ever get confused about what to eat, just come back to what your ancestors ate. I says, what? The Scottish? You know, like. <laughs> they don't have a good diet. <laughs> they got some of the, the top highest like heart disease and you know obesity and diabetes and and of course what he was talking about it was it was not the modern Scottish diet but the, the traditional Scottish right. diet right in every single culture around the world has a successful diet 
uh, except one, of course. Uh, so the one that is not successful. So I like to say, if, if you want any of the top diseases of the day, be that, you know, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, I mean, all these cardiovascular disease, all these things that we know are diet and lifestyle related, there is one reliably good diet to give you those conditions. And that's the standard American Western diet, right? Everything else as a traditional diet has a track record, right? Otherwise they would have, you know, failed, checked off the planet. They wouldn't have been able to reproduce. And that's what's happening with our modern diet, right? The level of health of individuals following that, you know, standard American diet, the food guides, the food pyramids, all these things, it's a, totally an experiment. And we are seeing the result of that. So that's the only reliably bad cultural diet. So if we come back to traditional cultural diets and we can't like approximate and like, oh, I, I think, you know, like they were paleo and, you know, they eat like this. <laughs> You know, like we need to really get into it and we can we can take clues from it. And that's where I really got into the work of Weston A. Price. Um, mm. That that's a whole deep rabbit dive. Uh, he wrote an incredible book called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, of which many people are carrying on that work and and referencing it, and it's phenomenal. And there's there's several key characteristics. I'm not sure if we have time to get into it today, but highly recommend folks uh, look into that. Uh, I think there was is it 11 or 12 key characteristics of traditional diets that he separated different than the standard American diet. Um, and so you can kind of follow that as a guideline to get back on track to what a good cultural diet. And of course, just like science, it's, it itself has its limitations, right? Well, we, we're not living like our ancestors you know, did. We live in a different time, a different context. Um, and also culture was limited by time and space, right? Like those, you know, in our modern day and age, a lot of that is eliminated. We have far more choice, far more access. Uh, and there are also cultural biases, right? So we need to recognize those and, and move beyond them. But without a doubt, the lens of culture is an absolutely powerful one uh, to help us get back on track. So science, S, C for culture. The next one in the scope acronym is O. And O is, is others, others' opinions, others' experiences, right? We're like, hey, you and I, Brian, we're going to have a chat. I'll be like, man, you're, you're doing awesome. Like your injuries through the roof. Like, what did you do? What did you change? I'm going to try that. Right. And I've been able to fast track my success, uh, by learning from others who, who are more successful, who are further down the path, who have the results that I want. Um, and I also got to put in a caveat there. I've also been misled by other people, mm -hmm. um, not because of them, you know, admittedly, I, I got to take responsibility for that. But let's let's say the raw food diet, like I was super inspired about that. I uh, did that for a number of years. And, you know, I, I would look at the kind of the gurus, you know, the people that wrote in the books that did the, the interviews, that kind of a thing. And like, okay, awesome. Look at the results that they got. But I didn't put in the context. Oh, okay. They're, they're typically all kind of, you know, middle aged. They're most of them are males. They've been on this diet for like, you know, six months, two years, maybe five years at the most. And the biggest key piece was like the longevity, right? So, you know, how far does that extend out? And the deeper I got into that movement, the more I started connecting with people, you know, who were in it and then outside of it. They're like, it was awesome for the first little while. And then I, I had to find another way. Yes, uh, and yeah. then the other, you know, huge learning lesson is, you know, I, I dragged my, my wife and daughter through this with me. I was like, you know, like, this is the way we're never going to cook our food again. <laughs> and, you know, they, they didn't jump in 100% with me, but, you know, I would say, and this was a big cultural uh, piece that I learned, uh, is that 
you know, for, for women, for children, uh, mothers, especially, that's not a good diet to be on. Uh, and for the long term and, and culturally, again, if we look at, you know, there's a thread, a common thread throughout cultures of the world that, you know, uh, parents that are wanting to conceive uh, in the moment of, you know, gestation all the way through the pregnancy to birth to, you know, even afterwards, there's a special diet uh, culturally that was, you know, certain foods were absolutely included uh and a raw food diet was yeah not <laughs> not ideal in that sense yeah so. yeah the, what, everything you said there resonates very much with me and i think it's a beautiful way of looking at it when you talk about science and how science is only kind of one piece of the puzzle and it's forever catching up to to what is the reality, you know, science will always be behind. And I think we often in this world, all of us are very sort of guilty of just getting caught up in the present. And I don't mean the present moment by that, but the reality we have around us and assuming this is the way it is and that we have all the knowledge we need, you know, often throughout history, people, many people have said that, all of humanity's knowledge has already been realized and been proven woefully wrong in the in the coming years so yeah to to sort of this idea of isolating these nutrients down and saying this is this is what we need and this is what the latest studies show is is great it's great that we have that tool of the modern nutritional science and that it's exploded so much over the last few decades but at the same time that's that's only a piece of the puzzle and similar to what you were saying about how you've met certain people and everyone kind of has their own piece of the puzzle that's really what the core of this movement with Elysium is is that we all have a unique story and a unique um, <clears throat> information and lessons that we've learned along the way to share and none of us are so enlightened that we have all the answers. So really appreciate you coming on the, the podcast to share your story today. Um, because I have, I, I also have been very much involved in the, the raw food community. And much like yourself, I've seen a lot of these sort of gurus come and go over the years, there's always new ones, seemingly cropping up saying they found the holy grail of the diet. And it's not I'm not disregarding um, the benefits of the raw food diet. Cause I think there are a lot of tremendous benefits and it can be a very cleansing diet. But as you say, it's very much a, a new experiment that, that really, if you look at societies throughout history, we have been, uh, cooking our food. There really aren't to my knowledge, very many that, that have really sustained themselves for, for many generations on that raw food diet. Yeah, totally. So it's, it's integration of both, right? And there's so many examples where, uh, you know, culturally, traditions did consume raw foods, but as you just mentioned, they also consume cooked foods. Uh, and I'm, I'm big into ferments, I, which I know you are as well. And, yeah. you know, different cultures, like in Korea, for instance, like they're crazy for kimchi. And, uh, mm. you know, and the kind of fanaticism of like, well, fermented cabbage, it's, it's the best, right? We should just go in all in on fermented cabbage. Well, they did a study and, uh, you know, three different groups, people that only ate the cooked, you know, food, only people that only ate fermented food versus people that ate both cooked and fermented. Guess what? You know, the, per the, the group in the middle, cooked and fermented, you know, overall, we're, we're healthier. 
Um, and so this brings it down to that kind of that last lens, which is personal experience, which is where the rubber hits the road, which is where we should be anyways, like taking in science, you know, looking at cultures, being inspired by others, but what works for us, right? So yeah. in that scope, personal experience, and this is where the intuitive eating comes in. And it's being in tune with your own body, again, to follow your gut more than nutrition trends. And, you know, moment by moment, knowing that your body is changing, knowing that the seasons are changing, you know, there is no one diet for you or for me that we're going to follow our, our whole life. It's, it's going to change moment to moment. So we just need to be in tune with that and know what our body wants and needs. And, and it's already there, right? Like it's, it's, it's how we, so how do you navigate that, right? Well, generally intuition is, is, is a feeling sense, not, not as in touch versus feeling, but is in feeling, right? It's like, we all have had that, that sixth sense, that intuitive sense, and it's actually how we navigate food, right? If you think about, you know, let's say you're gonna take your lovely lady out for dinner. First thing you're gonna ask her, you're gonna like, hey, what do you feel like eating? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally feeling like, you know, some amazing Thai food, some fresh herbs and spices. And I'd love like a nice bowl of noodles or, or whatever. Right. It's like it comes from that space versus of like, hey, what do you what do you think? You know, like or I think I should eat salad. Right. It's, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm actually feeling steak. <laughs> the, the body, you know, it knows. And yeah. Yeah. yeah and finding that. I think there's something to be said about finding the, the balance between that intellectual, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but thinking from the, your brain and then thinking also from your gut and the heart and being able to balance those. Because I know for myself and, and many of us on this path that uh, if you really tune into those, those gut feelings, so to speak, that there's tremendous, there's infinite knowledge and wisdom in that if we can learn to be in tune with that totally and again it's just just like music it's like that's the right note yeah there it is yeah and sometimes it it only to get into that state i mean this is a whole different discussion but it's really just about letting go kind of surrendering and just letting yourself be i know again with the music if i'm trying to write a music or a song and I'm really, I'm just so much in my head about it. I'm like, oh, I got, I got to finish this song by this time or whatever. It, it doesn't work out that way. You have to be in that moment of inspiration, you know, in spirit where, where that, that beauty comes from. Yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah. Well, we have a few minutes left here. This is an amazing conversation. Sometimes I wish these were longer, but I do like to keep them 30 minutes, just make it easy for people to digest. You mentioned Weston A. Price and kind of talked about looking at different cultures and what they've been eating. I'm just wondering if, if you have any, uh, if we can direct people who are interested in this conversation today and want to look more into these sort of historical diets and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think Weston A. Price, uh, W-E-S-T-O-N-A-P-R-I-C-E.org is, is a fantastic uh, resource. I mean, their website is, is, is deep. It's huge. Uh, the kind of the coat, the chair right now, I mean, Weston A. Price, he was kind of doing his research kind of early 1900s. So he's passed on now, but his work mm -hmm. is continuing. Someone, uh, Sally Fallon, she's leading the charge there. Uh, for that specific uh, foundation and they've got tons and tons of articles they've got a podcast and then again you know Weston A. Price 
the work he did has influenced so many people. So you might be, you know, listening to a podcast like you are today and uh, someone's work may have its foundation in there because it was at such a key time where he was able to access uh, traditional communities all over the world. So like in Northern Scotland and Switzerland and Africa um, and really see at, a, at a, this moment of time where the kind of the modern industrialized foods were we're making their reach across across the world and we're starting to penetrate into these mm. you know deeper pockets so previously uncontacted or uh yeah communities where they were more subsistent they were you know living off the land right and then all of a sudden the modern foods came in and <laughs> he just saw like the distinct difference uh, in, in that one generation between those that were still eating traditional foods and those that had ad adopted uh, the kind of the modern food and, and the real turn it took in their health. Yeah. So, yeah, our Western Western approach to diet and, and many other things is, is often quite missing the mark. Um, but it's a beautiful time, you know, with the internet and these podcasts and social media where we can all connect and share, share this beautiful knowledge that deserves to be out there so that we can all create a better world, which is at the core, my goal with Elysium. And uh, it's, it's amazing to have all these different speakers on to talk to you, to talk to everyone that I've been speaking with lately and see how we're kind of all connected. And really this shift that I believe is taking place sort of post 2020 COVID pandemic, you know, the world will, will never be the same. And so we have an opportunity ahead of us, all of us here to work together and create this new earth. Yeah, totally. I love that vision. And yeah, what an invitation, right? If, if someone wasn't woken up, you know, on their health path yet, hopefully uh, this kind of coming through this pandemic has done that. And hopefully they're searching deeper beyond just you know, the, the government recommendations of distancing masks and vaccines, uh, that's, you know, sure, maybe that's part of someone's strategy, but I, all of us need to go much deeper uh, to figure out what true health is. And uh, yeah. yeah, excellent. So before we finish out here, um, let's just guide the listeners to what you do, your social media and the light seller and um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Right on. So the, my main channel uh, for the social media, we are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Lightseller, L-I-G-H-T-C-E-L-L-A-R. Our, our mission is to help you find and learn how to craft your own food and medicine. So, you know, we do have a retail store where you'll find, you know, whole diversity of foods one of the things that really inspired me was 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 access to to not only quality but also diversity you go into the average grocery store today uh it's it's pretty limited once you actually get into okay what are those foods available even on that from a genetic level uh so we've got nuts seeds you know algaes um medicinal mushrooms herbs from all around the world uh kind of ancient heirloom grains I and mean, you name it so i know you've been there and yeah uh, yeah, to, to check out for folks and we have an elixir bar we've got a production kitchen we're making sauerkraut we're making chocolate from scratch uh, and then we also teach people how to how to do those things so how to ferment how to craft elixirs how to uh, just figure out this food and nutrition piece yeah it's so cool your your store is uh well you have a new location now and i've been to both your past one and your new one they're both have 
really amazing setup. You have such an array of products. And as you said, the Elixir bar and the classes you do. So it's a really cool community. I highly recommend it to anyone who's in the Calgary area. But you, you mentioned you do sell online as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So if someone's outside the Calgary area or I know sometimes Calgary feels like many cities within one, (laughs) Yeah, just a journey to venture. We're we're in the Northwest in Bonas, but uh, we have tons online, including an online store. And then uh, through those social media channels uh, and through the website, we're also doing lots of live events and classes as well. Excellent. Really cool. Really great to have you on. I feel like we could chat for hours. Um, so I'm sure maybe we'll have you on again and expand on some of these subject matters that we, we briefly touched on today, but I think there's a lot of information here for the listeners and, uh, I'm really excited to share this podcast. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Thank you again. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Malcolm. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show today. Remember, if you like what you just heard, the number one thing you can do to help support this vision is share this episode with your family and friends. And as always, if you want to, we really appreciate any and all of you who support us on Patreon by heading to www.elysiumproject.tv. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.